Well, we have been in a series uh, called The Mind of Christ for some time. Let's look at Ephesians 4, verse 20. Ephesians 4, verse 20. It says, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Verse 23 said, Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Verse uh, 23 in the NIV says, To be made new in the attitude of your minds. And the Living Bible it says, Now your attitudes and thoughts must, must be constantly changing for the better. Well, that implies motion. That's not being stagnant. That, that implies that we're moving forward in our thinking. And we're talking about our thinking, we're talking about in line with the Word of God. You're not moving forward in your thinking, just become more open-minded to whatever, quote-unquote, new ideas come along. That's not what we're saying. That's not I mean, what the Word says. It says, be renewed uh, in the attitude, or be made new in the attitude of your minds, uh, your attitudes and thoughts must all be constantly changing for the better. Well, if it's going away from God's word, that's not better. There might be somebody's idea. They might say it's new and better, but they're wrong. If it's going away from the word of God, disagrees with the word of God, that's not better. That's going in the wrong direction. 1 Peter 4 verse 1 says, Arm yourself, or read the beginning, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, Arm yourself also with the same mind. Like we said, that, that says something else in context, talking about something specific, but this is general. He's saying arm yourself with the same mind. The same mind is what? The same mind as Jesus has. That means you're looking at things the way he does. The NIV says arm yourself also with the same attitude. So we're putting, if you're arming yourself with something, you're putting something on. You're putting something on that wasn't there. You know, if you're playing a game with somebody, you know, a battle game, and say you're playing with play swords or something, you say arm yourself, and they already got their armor on, they're waiting, they're like, what are you talking about? I'm ready to destroy you. Let's go. Arm yourself implies get something on you didn't have. Put something on. In the CEB, it says you should arm yourself with His way of thinking. So we're arming ourselves with God's way of looking at stuff, which is His Word. We're looking at how the Word, or what the Word says, and we're reprogramming, renewing our mind to that. Not just anything. It doesn't, you're not just renewing your mind to something and that's just better. That could be ten times worse if it's not God's Word. You could change everything in your life, change the way you think, and it completely mess everything up. So it's not just go find something new. It is renewing your mind with the right things. 
1 Corinthians 2.16 says, we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. So you may have to say that sometimes. You know, I have the mind of Christ. And you forget something, Satan tries to say, well, you're losing your mind. No, I have the mind of Christ. I think clearly. I think like he thinks. I'm in line with what he thinks. I am arming myself with his mind. I'm changing to his way of thinking because his way of thinking is right. Romans 12, too, we've gone through these, so we're just, uh, it's the kind of the foundation we've been going forward on, so we're just going through some of these scriptures we've covered before. If you didn't hear the messages, go back and listen to them. They're available on the website, video and audio, on our podcast, on uh, some of the recent ones are on Facebook. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not be conformed to this world. So the world has a way of doing stuff. But we're not supposed to do it that way. Well, if you're not going to do it that way, you're going to have to think differently in the world. If you think exactly like the world, you're going to act like the world. Say it another way. If you think something, if, you, uh, if you're thinking in line with something that's opposite to, the wor- to, the, to God's Word, then you're going to act opposite to God's Word. There's no way you're going to be able to act a certain way if your thinking's wrong. It says, don't do that, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we talked about this, and I want to hook up with where we were last week, uh, specifically what we were covering last week, and go further in that. And we talked about changing those thoughts that we have in, in, our, in our mind. How, how are we going to change how we act? How are we going to change our lives? We're going to change it by our, our minds. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that's how we're going to change, is by first changing our mind, change our thoughts. And we talked about that being a process. That, didn't, that doesn't happen in 30 minutes, completely. Doesn't happen in a lifetime, completely. But it happens over time. It's happening right now. As we're looking at the Word, we're taking thoughts that may be there, ways of thinking that may be in our minds, and we all have them. It's not a bad confession. That's just truth. None of us, we talked about that last week. Nobody's arrived. Like somebody said, thank God I've left. In other words, I'm not just, well, I just can't get there. No, I'm going. Bit by bit, we're replacing anything that doesn't conform to the Word of God in our minds. We're, con- we're replacing it with God's Word. And if we see, if we... If we come to know something in our minds that's, that disagrees with what God said, we start replacing it. We say, nope, that's wrong. Don't care if it's been around for thousands of years and everybody in our family thinks that way. If, it's, if it contradicts the Word of God, then we, we start replacing it. And that's a process. But right now that's going on. As we see the Word, as we hear the Word, mind renewal is happening. Now, we have to keep that. We have to walk in it. We can go further in it. And we keep, keep that moving in the right direction, which is towards God's Word. But the way we're going to be transformed, the way our lives are going to be changed, is by changing our thoughts. 
Joshua 1.8, let's look at that. Now let's go to Matthew 7. We'll just go directly to Matthew. We may touch on Joshua again at some point, but let's just go to Matthew 7, verse 24. Matthew 7, verse 24. It says, this is Jesus. Jesus said, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now look at verse 24, beginning at verse 24 again. It said, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. We just read in, in Romans that we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So we know if you're doing the word, you heard the word, and you changed your thinking to line up with the word in order to do the word. In other words, you're not going to start doing something when your mind totally disagrees with it. You may do it a little bit, but long term, you're not going to do that. You're going to go to where your thinking is. Because what you think on is going to become what you believe. It's going to get down in your heart. So if you want to change your thinking, you've got, you, you got to get something else coming into your mind. You've got to meditate on something else. Let's look. Hold your place there and just put up Joshua 1.8. This is really what I wanted you to see in Joshua, but you see it in this context. You don't have to turn there. Joshua 1.8 says, the book of the, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written. See, it says, you shall meditate in the Word. You could say, you know, here it says the book of the law, that's all they had at this point. Now you could say the Word of God. We have the Word of God fully. The, the book of the law, the word of God, shall not depart from your, your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Well, meditate, it, it has the connotation, you're thinking about it constantly. It has a connotation of saying it constantly, but you're getting it into your brain, into your understanding. And it says, that you may observe to do. So see, you hear the word, but you're meditating, you're thinking on it so you can do it. So again, this lines up with Romans 12 and uh, I want you to see that to do it, you, you have to change what you thought, what you're thinking. That's how you're going to be doing it is because you're changing your thoughts and you're focusing on what God said. If you're focusing on what God said and that's what your thoughts are constantly, that's where your actions are going to go. That you're, and it, it works in both directions. You, you could be thinking on God's Word, but if you stop that, start thinking about something that's ungodly, eventually your actions are going to go in that direction. Your thoughts are going to be continually like that, and your actions are going to follow. Well, it happens in the negative, but it happens in the positive. If we've been meditating on stuff that we shouldn't, which is what we're talking about, our minds, the parts that we see, anytime we see something that disagrees with God's Word, in our minds we have thoughts, we start changing it, and meditate on what God says in that area, and then we're able to do it. It says, you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. How are you going to 
do and how you can have good success and how you can be prosperous by changing the way you think and then starting to go in the direction of God's Word. But the way you're going to be able to do is by changing. you got to know what to do first. That goes through your mind. you got to know, oh, I'm supposed to do that. And then you got to keep make sure you're thinking about that so you can go in that direction. Now, let's go back to Matthew 27, 24, where we were. It says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. So what do we know? We just read a couple, uh, several other verses talking about what you think and then what you do. So if, if you're doing the word, if you heard the word and do it, we know that you're changing the way you thought because if you disagreed with the word and you heard the word and you decided to do that, you just changed the way you thought. You know, somebody could hear the word about Jesus for years and that he's the Savior and dismiss it and dismiss it. No, not yet. No, I don't really believe that stuff. No, I don't really believe it. And then they hear it and they say, wait a minute, this, this is the word of God and this, Jesus is the Savior. Well, they just... That thought before it was, nah, nah, but something changed. They were open, then they act on it. But it could go in one ear and out the other for decades. There's people just waiting, not acting on the Word of God. So here Jesus is saying, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. So we are changing our minds. We're renewing our mind so we can do the Word and act on the Word. And the Word of God is what is going to be the sure foundation in our lives. Thinking like Him, regardless of how the world's thinking, regardless of what the world's doing, regardless of what anybody is saying or doing, if it contracts, uh, con contradicts the Word of God, if we'll look to the Word and make that our foundation, then it will take us through the tough seasons of life. So if we want God's results, we need to put His Word in, and then we need to make it the foundation. We act on that. We hold to that. He said, if the person does them, acts on them, so we know we've changed our mind, and we're able to put it into practice. We know from Joshua, meditating on the Word, then we're going to be prosperous. If we'll do that, then verse 25 says, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Jesus is saying, if you'll take my words, make that the right way in your mind. It is the right way, but anything, any thought, any idea that would contradict it, you start eradicating and say, no, that is not something to build on. No, that's not going to be my foundation. No, that's not going to dictate where I go. No, not, that's not going to uh, change my emotion. I will not act on that. Then when storms come, they will not push us off. You could say it this way. When, if your mind is stayed on the Word of God, it doesn't matter what comes, you stay 
solid because you're looking to His Word. You're, you're founded on the rock. In other words, ideas that aren't His Word are going to fail under pressure. That's what the next verse says. Look at verse 26. It says, But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them... So, if somebody hears it and they don't do it, what do we know? They don't believe it. They don't think it's right. Just let it go. Oh, yeah, that Christian stuff. Oh, yeah, that Bible, what, that book of ideas. Oh, yeah, the big man in the sky that doesn't exist. All those, somebody, those are corrupt thoughts from the pit of hell that have infiltrated men's minds and keep them from the truth. They bought into a lie. They heard something. That's why, like we were talking about, Shelley was talking about in the announcements, it is so important for all of us, but for our children to understand the Word of God. The more you get the Word in, in children, the more as they grow up and thoughts and ideas try to bombard them that are contradictory to the Word of God, they will be able to go through. And that's the only thing, because there are so many ideas. And their people, they look on children. They pray on children from a standpoint of their young minds that can be manipulated. They haven't heard stuff. So, hey, we can indoctrinate them with these ideas if the Word of God's been implanted to them, they can push back. You can't watch over them 24-7. Eventually, we as parents are training them to live before God on their own. You're training them to have a relationship with God. And we, we only have a lease on our children for a little bit. They're always going to be their parents, but really, we're just stewards for God. For a few years, what is the goal? to get them to look unto the God as their Father through the Lord Jesus Christ and act on His Word for their own, for, their, for themselves. How are you going to do that? They have to have the Word of God in them. If it's just you talking, then it's just going to be your Word against somebody else's Word. Eventually, Mom and Dad said this, oh, but the professor said this, and he's got 15 references. Mom and Dad were stupid. I don't believe that anymore, and they go away. That happens tons now. Why? The kids don't know the Word of God. At the end of the day, you may be intelligent, you may be smart, but it can't be your Word. It has to be the Word of God that they go back to. Because then, it's not Mommy and Daddy said it. Mommy and Daddy pointed me to the, the right thing, Pastor pointed me, you know, said the, uh, maybe taught me some things, the children's minister, the youth minister taught me some things, but what they taught me was the Word of God. And now I say the Word said it. The Word says it. I believe the Word. That's a strong foundation. See, that won't be pushed around. The other foundation, you base, you, you base your life on something that's not God's Word, it will fall down. It's just a matter of time. Here it says, everyone who hears, verse 26, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, 
and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Talking about a person that didn't receive the Word of God, didn't do the Word of God, obviously had other ideas, thought it was a good idea to build on the sand, only they didn't realize it was sand. Nobody in their right mind is going to do this. But it's saying, Jesus is saying, if the person hears and doesn't do it, it's like somebody going and building their house on the sand, a foolish man. And everybody knows that's a really bad way to build a house. That's not going to work. Here's the thing. It doesn't look like it's not going to work. It looks like it's solid from the outside. These ideas. If it's not God's word, it looks like, whoa, well, this, this could work. Yeah, sure. But eventually... When the rain descends, it says, When the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on that house, it fell, and great was its fall. Look at Deuteronomy 7.22. We'll just put this up. We, met, we talked about this last time, but I just want to touch on it in, in going in this. It says, And the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you little by little, you will be unable to destroy them at once, lest the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Talking about the Israelites going into the promised land. It says, The Lord your God will drive out those nations before you little by little. You will be unable to destroy them at once, lest the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. In the CEV, it says, The Lord your God will drive out these nations before you bit by bit. You won't be able to finish them off quickly. Otherwise, the wild animals will become too much for you to handle. Talking about, God is saying here to the Israelites, I'm going to bring you in, but you're going to overcome bit by bit. If, if, I, if you just try to overtake everything at once, you're going to fall down. You're not going to be able to do it. Because... There's going to be too much for you to handle, and everything's going to grow wild, and the, the animals are going to take over everything. But I'm going to bring you in bit by bit. I'm going to bring you up bit by bit. Does God have a place they want to go? He wants them to go? Yes. But he said, I'm going to do it bit by bit. And we talked about this some last week. I want to talk about this. We're talking about it from a little bit uh, different way and going a little bit further. But it is so tempting to know, to get, the, get God's Word or to, get, to just be in life and even know what God has called you to do and get a glimpse of where you're going and get a glimpse of what God has for you. But try to take shortcuts to getting there. The world has all kinds of shortcuts. Do we know it? Anything that's not God's word is a shortcut. It's another way to try to get God's results, and it doesn't work. They have all kinds of, quote-unquote, better ways to do it. There are... Well, let me say this. We read, we read uh, uh, Jesus' 
words about the doing his word and it being like a house on the rock and then not doing his word and it being like sand. Anything that tries to get you to a place apart from the word of God and apart from his plan is building your house on the wrong thing. And the world has all kinds of ways and all kinds of ideas to bring to you to try to tempt you to go this other way, to go the quote-unquote quote, quote fast way, to try to get there. Well, I know everybody, we, you know, we've always, people have done it this way or the Word of God says it that, this and this, but we'll get it done this way quicker. You can, you can go around. You don't have to do the word. You don't have to do it the way God said. You can do it this way and it'll work out. There is nothing new under the sun. The Bible said that. The longer you live, you know it's true. You say, well, there's all these things that came out last year. There's new technology. That's not what we're talking about. You know... A Model T Ford was new technology at one time. And, I don't know, unless you're a collector, you probably don't have one or want one. You know, classic cars, some of these hot rods, they go fast, but you get in them. I mean, they got the old kind of seat belts. They don't have, uh, they don't have any of the modern conveniences that you want now. There's nothing new People are people, and God's Word is eternal, and His way is right, and that will not change. There are no new revelations from God's Word. Did you hear me? There, God will emphasize different things at certain times. People can see things from the Word. And it becomes emphasized, but the Word was there. And sometimes people say, well, and this is all the time like this. I mean, got this new revelation. There's this new thing, and we're going to preach it like it's something nobody has heard it before, and people get a following about it or start selling books about it. And if it is the Word of God, it was there all along. But you know what it is too many times? It's not the Word of God. It is some idea that has come around before and will go around again. And the longer you live, you see it coming around. It just looks a little different. It's just packaged a little different. People are so tempted to go after what looks new, some new teaching. Somebody has a new teaching, and oh, it's so awesome. They are seeing something from the Word of God that's never been seen before. When you hear that, warning flags ought to go up. Did you hear me? Somebody, somebody's saying, oh no, there's new stuff. If It was in the Word already, and people may have got illumination on it, and seen it, and preached a, a truth, and you got a hold of it, but it wasn't new. 
It was the Word of God. If it's truly truth, if it is the Word, if it's, if it's God's Word, then it was there. God's emphasizing it. It could be being restored back to the church, but it wasn't anything new. And people so many times will go after the bright and shiny, new teachings, new revelations, something else, that that will get me there. If I can get a hold of such and such, we're talking about renewing our mind, but what do we build on? What is the thought that's coming in? What are we looking at? Because if we start building on the wrong thing, even if it's wrapped in Christianese, even if it's rap, even if something sounds like, oh, yeah, that'll solve all my problems. If I just do that, man, I can be there tomorrow. Be careful because the Word of God, there are no shortcuts. And if you, if you start going and trying to build on something that's not the Word of God, but men's ideas, then it will fall. And it is tempting. When you get a glimpse of where God wants, you, wants to bring you, when you get a glimpse of what He has for you, when you see in the Word of God truth, it's tempting to try to make that happen tomorrow. Or just six months from now. Or a year from now. People don't want to hear years. People don't want to hear, just focus on this part right now. They want the house to go up immediately. And that is rampant now. You know, kids want to have what it took their parents decades to attain. And they want it now. They want it yesterday. I'm not talking about kids. <laughs> should qualify. I'm not talking about 13-year-old. I'm talking about younger people. Within 20, 30, I mean, I'm not that old, but I'm talking about kids that are right out. They, they're going to go buy all this stuff that they, you know, that they're, they look at, well, mom and dad had it. Yeah, mom and dad got there over time. I want to get there now. And so they saddle themselves with debt or something that they, they, that's not wise. And then put themselves in a position that's uncomfortable? Well, people do that spiritually. People do that in their lives. They, they, they see a result. They see something they want from the Word. They, it's clearly scriptural. They see, they see where God's bringing them. God can have a call on your life. And when I say call, I'm not talking about the fivefold ministry. I mean a call to do whatever. Something, a vocation that, that He has put in you. But God develops over time. And we're talking about thinking the way He thinks and acting on His words, because His words are going to be a solid foundation. Other stuff will fall, but it won't necessarily look like it's going to fall at the beginning. And so you see something that I want to get there, but... I want to get there tomorrow. And it can be well-intentioned. It can be very, I, I believe God has called me to do such and such. He may very well. 
but make sure you're putting into practice the Word, which means you're thinking like He thinks and not giving into ideas that will actually bring you away from where you want to go. Because any idea that's not the Word of God, you're sacrificing something even if you can't see it. You're sacrificing maybe priorities that should be in a certain way, and instead of getting those things in line and doing those parts, doing the Word in those areas that are vital, we want to skip right to something else and get that done. Never mind that I'm not, you know, I just want the... I want the, to get there. I want to start working on this stuff. I don't want to deal with this slow stuff. I don't want to deal with the, the infrastructure and putting that down. I want to get there. I want to get to that next step. We got to be careful how we think and that it's not the way the world thinks and not the way people that aren't basing it on God's Word Think, if it's God's Word, it will be God's Word today. It will be God's Word tomorrow. It'll still be God's Word in 10 years. And if we act on what He said, then our decisions will hold up over time. And when we get down the line, we are, our life will hold up. If it's based on something else, it's going to crumble. Let's look at... Um, Let's look at 2 Peter 3, verse 8. Second Peter 3, verse 8 says, Beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I said that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. With God, there is no time. And His time scale, when He's looking at Earth's time, is much different than ours. God, when He looks at the world, when He looks at your life, He is not thinking the way people think. You know, sometimes to, to certain you know, individuals, a half hour can be an excruciating amount of time. Well, what about five years? Just faint. Can't even forget that. To God, it's nothing. And God doesn't think the way we think. We're talking about thinking like He thinks. We're talking about doing His Word and putting that as the foundation, but we got to think the way He thinks. He does not, he, God does not get in a hurry. Why would He be in a hurry? He knows everything all the time. So if He had to get something done sooner, He would have just started it sooner. If He had to deal with you about something and get you to a certain place, He doesn't have to all of a sudden start pushing you. He would have started dealing with you earlier. Nothing ever takes Him by surprise. Nothing ever takes him all of a sudden, oh my gosh, we got to get this done. Are you sure that's God? We got to do it. We got we to make sure this, 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 this happens. Is that, 
you got to make sure, are you doing what God told you to do? Are you doing the right priorities? Are you taking care of business? Because if you're trying to circumvent it and do it on something God's not telling you to do, either through His Word, His Spirit, then you end up with results you don't want. Let's look at Psalm 139, 13. It says, you formed me, formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance yet being unformed, and in your book were writ they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Look at verse 16. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. God knows each person before they ever were born, before they were formed. He knows where they're going. He knows the plans He has for them. He knows what needs to happen when, before they even are born. Now, He does not, He knows all that, and He calls people to do things. And as we get in line with Him and start thinking like He thinks, Direction and guidance can come. He's, he's getting you in line to think like He's thinking, what His Word is in general, what His Word is for you, what He has for you to do. But that doesn't mean everything is going to happen tomorrow or three months from now or a year from now. You look at the context of this, if God knows you before you're born, and it says all, if you could put the, the rest of that part of that verse up in verse 16, the days were fashioned, the days fashioned were, uh, or your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. He knows where you're going, he knows what he wants you to do, and his word to you, the general word, the word of truth, and his word through the Holy Spirit, He's going to guide you and lead you. But notice, He knew where He wanted you at the beginning. And so that means a four-year-old has the potential to fulfill what God has for them decades later. But He is not ready at four. Yet God has something for him. You could say a 20-year-old has the potential for what they're going to do decades later, but it's not today. You may get a glimpse of, what, of a truth in God's Word and say, oh, I want to walk in it at this level, but you need to walk in it at the next level. Otherwise, you're going to keep trying to go, and you've you got something in your heart, and it's right. It's the Word of God. You know, I ought to be here. Or I shouldn't say it that way. I could. It's God's will that I be here. But if you're honest with yourself, the next step for you is here. 
And you know what so many times in Word of Faith, Faith Circles, we've heard here. And by golly, I'm going to jump here because I know the Word. But the next step is here for you. And if you're not honest with yourself, and you'll have help doing that. If Satan can't keep you out of knowing God's Word, another line of attack is he's going to try to push you so far into doing stuff you're not ready for or your faith isn't there that then, it, you know, you have a faith failure and then you just say it doesn't work. Why isn't this working? God knows where he wants you to go and he has a path to get you there. We got to think like he thinks, and he is not in a hurry. It's not tomorrow. So you could have, you could see something general in the word, and you could know, I, 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 that's for me. I see the word, and it's, I, I need to walk at this step because you heard somebody preach at this step, and they gave this much, or they just, you know, threw this medication away. I don't recommend that unless God would specifically tell you. There's all kinds of things, or they gave, they, they sold their car. Gave their car away. And people talk about that. Raymond, years ago, people would do that. They, they heard somebody's testimony, how they gave a car away because God really prompted them to do it. And that's where they, they were really dealing with them to do it. And then they got a car in return. Somebody else bought them a car. And there was people, you know, the instructor would tell about early on, there's people... Not knocking Rhema whatsoever. I'm just talking about how people get a, They try to get a hold of something, but they're not there. And so people give their car away, thinking they're going to get the same result, as if that God wasn't specifically dealing with them. They were doing it because somebody else did it. And guess what? They were walking. Because they're trying to go somewhere. They're trying to get to the next thing. And they, they're trying to get to the next place where they, they're not there yet. They're not, it's not the next step for them. And it, sometimes it's you know, our pride. No, I should do this. I, I, got, I ought to be here. And if you're not careful, Satan will knock you around with that. Well, you ought to be here. You ought to do that. And you know what will happen if, if you're here? I'm talking about all of us in any area. As God grows us up, we're renewing our mind. We see something, but you got to act on it. You're going to act in relation to your revelation of God's word. Don't try to act in somebody else's knowledge. So you, you're supposed to, you, you know, next step, if you're being honest, you're here. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not, you're not walking according to anybody else's faith. It's you and God. Flush what everybody else has done. Thank God for people's testimonies. Use that to encourage your own faith. It doesn't give you faith, but it can encourage you. But take the next step. Be honest. It's better to get results on the next step. It's a baby step. Then try to jump to this high level and never attain. And for decades, you're trying to jump and you're trying to jump and you can't get there because you're not taking the next step. You know, I know I play, I play the piano and took lessons for, for years. And when I was taking uh, lessons when I was in college, I, I, I was taken from this one gentleman and <clears throat> wanted to learn some you know, jazz things and some things that were, you know, those type of chords and all that. And, um, <clears throat> you know, he, he had two baby grands in his studio. This guy I took lessons from. He, two baby grands, exactly the same, right next to each other, and he'd be on one and you'd be on the other. And, but he was showing me this, this one song, and it was a, a jazz song. 
And he's just, you know, just, and I'm like, there's no way I can play that. And he said, this is what we're going to do. I didn't say that to him. That's what I'm thinking. How do you do that? And he's like, this is what, and it, you know, it was, this was at a certain pace, certain tempo. And he brought that thing down to where it was excruciating to listen to. So the tempo's up here. Dun, 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 dun. He brought it down to where it's like, dun, dun, dun. So instead of the bleep, 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 it was like, buh, 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 buh. You know, it was really slow. And I know, I've told my kids these same things. And it's like, I can't, that's not that. I want to play that. It doesn't sound like that. This is, you can't even tell what it, you're playing. But you started at, instead of 120 beats per minute, starting at 50. And you just do, and you know, and you're counting it. You know, it's something where it's one E and a two E and a three, one E and a two E, but it's not something like it's one E and, because it's going so slow. It's like, I'm never going to get there. I don't even want to do this. Do you start at 50? And you go to 52, 54. You know, 56, I can't remember, you know, now they metronome, you can do whatever, but in I metronome, they actually clicked it, and I can't remember how, all the, been a while. But it starts going then by threes and fours, and you're just going up, and, you know, you would go up and kind of go back and go up, and you're just trying to get it solid. And don't go on. You go maybe go a little bit further than you can actually do, but you're pretty much just going up as you can actually handle it and not make mistakes. And you know what your flesh wants to do? Forget this. I'm just going to practice it at full speed until I get it. You never get it. You never get it. You make mistakes, it won't be solid, it'll sound bad. You, you can do that, because I did that in different things earlier. You know, you hear a song, it's like, I want to play it like that. You just keep trying the same thing at full tempo, and you can't get it. But you know, it slowed that down and just went up. And so, you know, 60, you play, you start at 50, 60 feels really fast, but you go to 58, 60 doesn't feel so bad. You know, and then whatever the different things are, you get to 84, and Boy, that seems so fast, but you get, you know, 88 seemed fast. I mean, it's blinding at 50, but you go from 84 to 88, it's another tick. And eventually got up 112, 116, 120. And I was playing that thing full speed, and you can see it coming. By then, you know it's in your fingers. You, can, you know what's coming, and you're just... Did, 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 did. And we did that with all these songs. I, and I, before I was like, I didn't know how I would ever be able to get up there, but I was playing it. Never would have happened had I not taken a step at a time. And I've told my kids, every one of them, you know, because they play music, you got, you got to bring that down. You got to play it like this. Dad, it's so slow. We can't. Can I get a witness? <laughs> but I know that in any musician, that if you've got, you know, you got to do that. And it's like, well, I'm just doing it here. I want to play it here. You have the heart to play it there. You want to play it there. You want to do it. And it's where you should go as a musician. It's all lined up, but you can't do it today. And if you keep saying, no, I can do it. No, okay, I can't do it at 120, but I can do it at 90. You can just stumble, stumble, stumble. So-and-so can play it at 90. I should do it at 90. I'm, I'm just so bad if I can't do it. I, I'm not going to do 50. That's below me. And you may never get to 70. 
And if we'll just look and say, wait a minute, I, God, I, you're not in a hurry. What do, you, what do you want me to do next? He may tell you this little step, and you're like, what? But I already know the word. I, I've known that. Yeah, but can you do this? Well, no, but I know the word. No, no. You see, you're, you're operating in head knowledge. You're saying, I know how to play it at 120, and God's saying, play it at 50. What? You ever played at 50? No. But I should be able. No, no, no. Just play it at 50. Just do it. And then you go to the next step. See, God's will is that you go. He's got. See, sometimes they, people get a glimpse. I'm supposed to be doing it at 120. I'm supposed to, you know, they see what God has for them. They get a glimpse and in their heart, you know, they, they think, they, they're like, I, I know God's will for me is way down. And they're thinking, it's in there and they're right. And there's a lot of development that's going to go on before you get there. And I'm not talking that God withholds from, no. But even for things He's promised to, in your word, things that, that you have, that you can walk at healing, you know, financial things, relationship things. Don't bite it all and try to bite it off in one bite. Be honest where you're at and say, God, I see this. Now I'm going to act on it. I see it with my mind. I'm going to act on the next step. If it's easy for you, then you can just keep going. But why try to jump past? You try to jump past what Jesus said. If you try to do something, see, if you're not listening to him, and he's not telling you to go fast, and you jump past it, eventually the place is going to crumble. You're never going to, you might never get there, but if you may look like you're doing stuff, but when the, you know, you can do things when you're in your house, like musically, or sports in your backyard, but when the pressure is on, and you're in front of people, and you haven't laid the foundation, you just can't do anything. Or, you know, you try to, you try to do that move fast, but you get in front of somebody, you can't do it. You're trying to jump to the next step. So last year, we did our, we did our patio. I told the kids, I said, when I did this, I was like, this is a sermon illustration. You will hear me use this more than once. And initially, so the patio, it had, you know, big pavers like, I don't know, 8 by 16 or something. They are all deteriorated. Uh, there's holes in between them. There's, of course, weeds growing up everywhere. We had cleared all that out before. They're, they're crumbling, all this stuff. And we're like, we're replacing that. And we can do this. I mean, I could hire it out, but this is something we can handle and we can do. And so we cleared all that stuff out and moved it out. And then you got dirt and I mean, before I started, of course, I watched some YouTube videos. And I was like, okay, you know, all right. So they got the dirt, and they just kind of level it out, you know, level the dirt out. And then you got the sand, and of course, you know, you get some little things to line, to, that the, you're going to use, that you're going to run the 2 by 4 over to keep it all level, and you're going to do that. And then you got, I was using these panels. You're going to put the panels down, and then man, you, get to the, you get to the pavers, and it's not that hard. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm, so at the beginning, I'm going. And, and we, we get out the, all the old stuff, and then we got this dirt, and I'm kind of thinking, yeah, I mean, you just kind of level that dirt out in a certain way and kind of drag it across there, and then you kind of get the sand and stuff. So we're trying to do that. You know, I'm trying to do it pretty quick. And I didn't take time to stake it and all this stuff. 
and really get it at the right level. But I'm just like, no, I mean, if I get it down, get it down there, it'll be, it'll be okay. And I mean, I had all these bricks. And the more you see how much it is, you're like, this is a lot of stuff I've ever had to redo that. But I'm, you know, I'm going through it, put the sand down, and it was supposed to rain. So we're trying to get it all done before that happens. And so we're just going the next step. And then put all the, the under part down, these, these panels, and then we're starting to lay it down. And it, the rain was supposed to come, and I was like, we can get this done. And I looked at that thing, and I could see it was kind of in places. I had thought it was kind of level, but it was like this. And I was like, if I put all these bricks down and go on to the next step, this thing is going to look bad. It might look okay for a little bit. There's no way this thing is holding up, and I'm redoing the whole thing. I'm going to have to redo everything. I may, it may have gotten to where, hey, look, it's new patio. It looks better than the old one, right? Yeah, not very long. Then you have a new patio that's going to, if the foundation isn't right, it's going to start sinking. It's going to start crumbling, and I'm going to have to do the whole thing over. What looked like it was done, because we were doing it. We were, like, taking pictures going, hey, it looks, hey, we're putting the papers down. It looks okay. And so I'd done, we'd put that work in, and then I was like, I, I got to rip it up. It's going to be horrible. If I don't do it, this is where I'm at. Right. I, I need to rip it up now, or it's going to be horrible later. And I was like, and that's how I'm going to do it right. I'm going to figure out what I need to do. I'm going to stake the thing. I get my line level. I'm going to do all this stuff and get it. And so we did that. Had to move all this dirt. All I want to do is get to laying the pavers. That's the fun part. We were thinking what design we have, all this. I just want to get to the place where you're putting, that looks so fun. And you put some sand over and stuff and sweep it in. And we are moving dirt trying to get, I mean, we thought we'd have to put dirt in. No, when I actually did the, the lines and everything, I got to remove a ton of dirt. So I, we're just moving dirt and then trying to, you know, slide the, two by four and get it all right. And I'm like, oh, you can go faster. No, if we don't do that, it's not gonna be right. So we're taking all this time and it's excruciating to do that part. But that is the most important part. If that foundation is not right, the rest of it's gonna be like this and it's gonna look bad. I can try to skip that part. I can try to get past it. I can try to, you know, go right to the end and lay the pavers, which I did halfway and then we ripped them up. But you can do that, but it's, it's just, you're making you feel happy for no reason because you can't sustain it. It's not going to be lasting. So we spent all this time, and as we're moving that dirt, I was telling the kids, I said, this, oh my gosh. You talk about, if you've ever heard the foundation is the most important part, you just heard it. This brought, I mean, my, my, I've been around houses and stuff, my, my parents, but, but I mean, when you're going through this, I'm like, okay, this, this brings it home to me. I'm like, I got to do all this stuff for the privilege of laying the pavers. <laughs> because I got all that stuff moved, and it's like, okay, it looks pretty good. Now you got to lay the sand, and you got to do that, and you know, run it and get that all level on things and bring that down. And then you put this other stuff, these other panels down, and you're doing all that. And then it's like, now we get to do the fun part. And it's like this much of it. And then I had to cut everything. That was way longer than I thought afterwards. But to even get to that point, 
Every time I walked on that patio, I just go out and walk out and look at it for days afterwards. I seriously, because it was like, oh my gosh, you know what it took. It was, more, more, it was way longer than a YouTube video. Oh my gosh, don't be deceived. I'm saying, if you know what you're doing, it's one thing, but when you don't, you're kind of like, yeah, that's, that's easy. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know. I was like, got somebody here that actually knows what he's doing. And... But God will bring you in life. That is what we do. Man, they, you see somebody where they're further than you, and you're like, I'm called to do that. To, I can do that. You got business, you know, you're in business. You're like, oh, we can do that. But where are you now? You know, well, I want this in my family, but where are you now? Well, we're going to do such and such, and we're changing it all. Well, where are you now? Where are your habits now? What can you change? Where's the next step? Be honest with yourself. But, but I know, and God's Word tells me I'm supposed to be here. Yeah, but where are you, and what's the next step? Because God will lead you. What do you, you, want what, you want to lay the pavers now. You want to play at 120 now, but God's dealing with you. You want the part that's laying on this huge foundation that somebody has walked through and you want to say, I, want to, I can do that, and that's what God's called me to do. But you're here. And it may be in different areas. What is the next step? Where is God bringing you? What is He bringing you up in? And if we'll be honest and just say, well, this is the next thing, I know, yep. So somebody else... You may be looking at them, and it's just like they laid the pavers down, and it looks good. You're across the street, and you're looking at their life in a certain area, and you're like, man, it looks good. They're doing that. Why can't it? And you can't see underneath, and you can't see where that thing's going to be in their life. And Jesus said, if you don't lay, put your foundation on the Word, it will crumble with the pressures of life. We don't want that. So God will lead us. He'll bring us one step at a time. He'll bring us... Step-by-step, custom-tailored plan for where you're at, for where I'm at. It takes humility. It takes patience. But if we'll just do the next step, we'll keep taking steps. Our faith will grow. You exercise. You get, the, you, you, you get your mind renewed. You walk in it. You take steps. You exercise. You grow. You renew your mind. You take steps. You grow. It just cycles up, and you get further and further to where you are at the point where you are playing, or you are in this place with your business, or in this place with your family, or you are laying the pavers, and you're like, but you know what it took. I'm not talking about works. I'm talking about you know how God's led you, and you know that, you, that there's certain things, they press on you, it's not budging. I go out there, and I'm just like this. I'm like, oh, it's nice. It can put, I, I just, I'll just walk around on it. I'm just like, because I know it's not moving, and I know what I, what I was doing before, and I was like, I, I'm so glad. I'm not saying it's the best pad in the world, but I, I, I'm, I, I'm thankful for it. <laughs> I, I, I know what it took. Praise God. We're not accountable to everybody else. We did, you know, you may do something and you think, well, it's only this and, and, you know, it's only this step, but you know, for you, that's a big step. And you can just be thankful for you and God and say, I know what all they're doing, but this, man, this was a good step for me. And I did it. I can play it at 60. You don't know. I was playing at 50. I played at 60. Well, I can play at 120. Great for you, but I'm, I appreciate where I am. God's faithful. He helps us. He helps us where we're at. Amen.